And then Ronaldo! Oh! To the Footy Fix with your host Ben Batello. Welcome back to the Footy Fix podcast. I am your host Ben Batello, and today I am joined by Frankie Iantorno. How you doing, Frank? Great. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Absolutely. And Mark Vicioso. Marco, how you doing, buddy? I'm just a recurring guest at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, Might as well be a co-host. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Come in, give the takes. Get out. Liverpool's lost. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're happy. You're happier than the average football fan today. You're happier than a Real Madrid fan, actually, for some reason, because you, you hate, you just hate Liverpool. Um, well, I got, a, I got a question for you. It's not about Liverpool, but I do have a question for you, Mark. All right. Um, sure. Better chance of winning Euro 2021, Holland or Spain? Tough one, but I'm gonna have to go with Spain. I'm gonna tell you why. Spain right now, even though they don't have like obviously the midfield talent that they had in 2010 when they had it that Iniesta, Xavi, everything that you want in the Busquets. At least now, with at least ball possession-wise, they are doing great. They have guys like Pedri coming up. They have, obviously, Ramos at the back still. But the goals are a bit tough. But I think between Spain and Holland, Spain definitely has a better team and the better coach, I may add, with Frank De Boer versus Luis Enrique. <laughs> so, you know what? I'm going to give the edge to Spain, and they'd be nice in a penalty shootout. Why'd they be good in a penalty shootout? Who's gonna put problem. them in the net? Uh, they got good, some good penalty takers on that team. I gotta... Actually, yeah, you're right. I mean, and they have to hand net, right? So that's... yeah, or or Kep. I'm joking. Don't even ever what? say Kepa's name on this show ever again. <laughs> I hate that guy for what but, he did. But, sorry, but Mark, you said that they don't have that same midfield as 2010. I don't think any team ever has had that same midfield as it in 2010. That's yeah, unreal. That's, you can't hold any team to that standard. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch there, Mark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they but, don't have the midfield they had in 2010. Yeah, of course yeah, they don't have the midfield. Ne- they neither did any other team ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank, I got one for you now, man. All right. You're starting a franchise tomorrow, and you you have to pick one player. All right. Mbappe or Holland? Mm. I'm going to take option C, Ben Patello. No, I think I'm going to take... Uh... Excellent option. I'm a, I'm a brick wall at the back. I'm the next Maldini. Nobody's heard me yet, but you just wait. Now, you know what? Maybe this might be a little biased based off of the games that just happened, but I'm actually going to go Mbappe. I just think he's he's been a little deeper in Champions League, and I, I just see a little more out of him. But you know what? You know what it is with Mbappe? Mbappe, you don't take in how fast that guy is. He is Dude. one of the fastest human beings on the planet. Like Holland is fast too, Mark. You know, like Mbappe speed and Holland speed. Holland speed is straight runner. He's like a he gets going. He's like in a sprinter. Mbappe yeah. turned it on like this, man. Mm-hmm. No, and I, I think I think Mbappe is also the more complete player. I think he can do more than Holland. He's a little more technical. Um, and you know everybody's talking about oh Holland's the quickest guy to reach twenty goals, twenty UCL goals, like the youngest guy. And, you know, you look at Mbappe's stats in the UCL, they're pretty ridiculous. I don't know them off by hand, but he's almost averaging a goal contribution per game, if not exactly that. And they're likely to win the Champions League this year. So Mbappe, I, I, I agree with you, Frank. I'm taking well, Mbappe. I, I, I think that's, that's going to be a solidified where, or, so little spoiler alert, I have a feeling it's going to be a question later on in the episode, but I do think that PSG is going to win this year. And I feel like that just even adds on to just, you can't not take him. All right, so so then why don't we just transition right into that? So Bayern versus PSG, 
Byron won one to nil at the Park to Princes, but they lose three to three on aggregate on away goals. So, Mark, what are we thinking about this one? Well, what I saw definitely when I tuned into the game, I was telling my boy Sally, Anthony Salito, of course, a legend of the game. Shout out him. He loves the footy fix and is a big fan. And me and him were talking, and we were we were in the car, and we were like, tomorrow is gonna be a big game. We're thinking like five four six five like an all-time classic and we were like we're taking over easy the over easy you know what i mean it's gonna be three and a half goals plus yeah i'm like and then it ends up being one nil but it was a very entertaining one nil and i really appreciated the game plan from both teams you saw Bayern; they obviously still had their high line but you could see Bayern was more i think they took some hints from the first leg and they tried to be a bit more defensive and try and get things. And Lucas Hernandez had a great game. Mm-hmm. But what I really found about PSG and I really liked it. And this was a championship mentality team in this game. You saw Neymar tracking back, helping Paredes had a great game. Uh, Papa Guille had a great game. So many guys really delivered on this big stage and they, they exercise their demons from the final. And I think Bayern definitely was missing out on a lot of players and that will definitely come into play here. But PSG delivered it, and you can say what it is. They lost on the night, but it doesn't matter when you go through into the semifinals. So PSG, I thought, delivered a good game and uh, showed me a lot. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you on that one. But the one thing that I noticed from this game is that Lewandowski's absence was more noticeable like this week than it was last week. And, you know, you can say that they missed a ton of chances in the first leg, which they did. They they missed a lot of chances. It's like 20-plus 20, 20 chances they missed. But then you saw when they had opportunities in front of the net in the second leg, and they it was, like I think I saw about ten of them where it wasn't the best angle shot, but it was within the six yard box. And instead of just shooting it at Navas or somewhere to, towards the net, they're blindly forcing it back towards the penalty spot for a tap in. And we've seen Byron score, geez, like many many goals like that like so many tap-ins like that tiki taka plays and usually Lewandowski is on the end of those but without him there they're just kind of throwing it at Chupu Moting and he's not as good positionally as Lewandowski is and it's often those those chances often got ruined because you're giving it right to Marquinhos or you're giving it right to whoever and then the, the offensive threat is done and there's no more danger and I thought if they took like half of the chances they had even though it was at a tight angle, this game would have been closer and Byron ultimately would have gone through. I just think they were flustered, completely flustered when they got into the box. Um, but on the other hand of this, Neymar, what a performance. Like this is He was great. He was excellent. People often forget that he is actually the behind Ronaldo and Messi, the best player in the world. Lewandowski can go score 60 goals, whatever. Neymar is the second most gifted player of this generation behind Messi. He is just unbelievable. When he's on, he is he's on another level. And he was so unlucky hitting posts, hitting crossbars, but you can really tell that when he wants to turn it on, man, he takes over games and I got a question, Frank. Are him and Mbappe the best attacking duo in Europe right now? Like the best in the world, I should say? I it's it's hard to say they aren't. I mean, watch that game. Yeah, okay, I get that they didn't have any goals, but watch that game. They were right there knocking on the door they had a ton of chances and you know again i get it they missed they missed some chances they they didn't cash in all their opportunities but those chances they were getting the speed they were overwhelming i think for any team 
they'd be overwhelming. I don't know. I don't know if there's one team that you could put in front of them and that would doubt could just shut them down. That's mm-hmm. how overwhelming they were in that game. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Mark, what do you have to say? Oh, I'm saying and going back to the Neymar point, Neymar, I feel like, as you mentioned, underappreciated guy. Yeah. His prime was right before everything like Twitter, all these big YouTube channels started popping off. If they were around when oh. he was in 2014, 15 Barca. Insane, I insane. Know, I don't know what they would have been saying. They probably would have said he's the next Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, he was, Literally, man. Realistically, at that point in his peak, unstoppable. Unplayable. Yeah. And and you could see when Brazil lost 7-1, they didn't have Neymar there. No. When Barcelona, they let go of Neymar and he went to PSG, they didn't win. So Neymar, for everything that you say, oh, you could say he's a bit of a diver, a bit dramatic, gets injured. 100% one of my favorite players and a world-class talent. Well, that's I, the, I that's think... the one thing, though. Uh, he he. Sorry, Frank. That's the one thing is that if he didn't get injured as often as he does, he would literally be up there with Ronaldo and Messi and Lewandowski and Suarez. He would have a lot of goals and a lot of assists. And unfortunately, I, I've said this in the past before, it's like all these South American players, when they're born, they're given a choice. And it's like you can have, you can be the most skilled player alive, but you're going to get injured every single year, or you're going to be average and never get injured. And they always choose the former. And I think Neymar, like, Every single season, it seems like he's missing games. And if he was playing those games, then, you know, we like you said, Mark, we'd be getting a lot more headlines. And his prime in 2014-15, that was unbelievable. Like, he was Messi and Ronaldo level that season, if not ahead of them. He, he should have gotten the Ballon d'Or, maybe. That's always a discussion I hear here and there, right? So, Frankie, what were you going to say about Neymar? Yeah, I was just, just going to agree with what you guys are saying. I think that he is probably one of the most disrespected players in the game with just how like his name isn't brought up as much. Like you talk about, you know, if you could build, build a franchise around a player and you know, you have, if you want to win now, it's impossible to not say Ronaldo or Messi in the right situation. And then of course you have some of the younger guys coming up, like we're talking before Mbappe, Haaland, but Neymar is legitimately one of the best players in the game. And his name is not brought up in that conversation. And I get his injury concerns, but what he showed in that game, and again, it wasn't necessarily one that you just look on the score sheet and say, oh, he had no goals, whatever. If you watch that game, it's hard to not put him in that conversation with those guys, of players that you'd want to build a team around. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, he, that was a, a de- the definition of a fantastic all-around performance. And he, should, he, he really deserved a goal. And could you imagine the scenes if he got that? The fr- Did you see the first crossbar he hit where he... Oh yeah, that he was changed that was... change direction, just a little curler. And I, I'm watching this, and I'm like, "That's yeah, it's over the net. I'm not worried." And then just the slightest little dip it takes right on the bar, like Neymar is just he shocks you. And you're right, he's been disrespected. He's been almost forgotten because yeah, he. I guess it's due to the fact that he does play in League One. That is a big part of it because it doesn't get as much coverage as like City R, the APL, or La Liga, or the Bundesliga for that matter. So that does. That is a contributing factor and why nobody really talks about him that much anymore. But, you know, when he's on his game, we're talking the best in the world. And I got to, Mark, tell me this. Tell me this right now. Can can he lead PSG to a Champions League title? Their first Champions League title. A hundred percent. He has everything in place at PSG to win it. He has a good, solid center backs. You know what I mean? When Marquinhos at his best, even uh, Kim Pembe's having a good season. Mid- Field, Verratti, 
uh, so many guys in their Paredes, good players. And then you go up and you have arguably somebody that people think he's better, better than him in Mbappe. And they're getting that little Jordan Pippen connection going. But the thing is, none of them's Pippen. They're both Jordan. But they, you can look like they actually like each other. And when I see PSG play, it's sort of just exciting all the time. I like to watch them play because they live for those UCL nights. And if you look at their path coming up, I know we're going to talk about who they're playing a bit later. Mm-hmm. But I like their chances against them, against Man City. And you can say, oh, the pep factor. But I really like their chances just due to the experience, the midfield. And Pochettino's a good coach too. So PSG mm-hmm. Has a chance, and Neymar has a chance to deliver this this UCL. Well, that, think, that was that was a good. Sorry, Frankie, go on. I was gonna say, I think instead of uh, Jordan Pippen, maybe some some of those hockey fans, I think it's more Gretzky Messier, where they're both on the same level in terms of greatness. Those two. It's true. It's true. They are because nobody's really a sidekick to anyone. It's no. just either okay today I'm gonna score three goals, and then tomorrow you you can score three goals, and then we'll just you know we'll play around. I'll get the three assists. You get the three assists. Doesn't really matter. We're both gonna shine. But that was a good segue into our next matchup I want to dissect, Mark. Man City beat Borussia Dortmund 2-1 in Dortmund. Uh, The aggregate score was 4-2. And to be honest with you, I really thought for the first hour of this game that Borussia was going to come away with a W and go to the semis. Frank, what do you think about it? Well, I thought the same thing. I mean, that first 20 minutes was pure pressure (laughs) from Dortmund. And I thought for sure, I said, okay, you know what? This game is this game is going to go Dortmund's way. They, if they keep playing like this, they will win this game. But it turns out Man City is a very dangerous team. After that 20 minutes, the Bruyne just comes and hits the crossbar like out of nowhere. Yeah. This team is dangerous. And I think I mean, you know, you could argue that they got a bit of a break with the pen, you know, off the head onto the hand. I get it. It's 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 part of the game. But you got to you got to give credit to City. They were dangerous. And that 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 kid uh, fought in there. He's legit. He's yeah. legit. He's good. Mm-hmm. Foden or Foden or Bellingham. Foden. Foden. Yeah. Foden is unbelievable. What do they call him? They call him the Stockport Iniesta. <laughs> no. Yeah. I I listen. I was watching this game and I started on the Madrid game, and then about twenty minutes in, I was like, "There's no point in watching this. It's just gonna end zero zero. Nobody's. We'll get to that later." So I switched over to the City Barusa game, and I. I'm like, I switch over, I don't know, 30 minutes in. And from 30 minutes until like 56 minutes when Mara's put in the penalty, it was Barusa, 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 Barusa. And City couldn't do anything. Like, they looked like they didn't want it. And that's a problem, okay? That's a problem for a team this good. Normally, when teams are like teams of this caliber, when they play, they don't really need to have confidence to win. They can go in there with a very negative attitude and still like pull out a win. It might be a very close win and a hard win, but they'll still pull out the win. City need confidence. They need to be confident and sort of cocky to win the game. And if they're not that, then they just will not win. And the only reason they got that shot of confidence was Mara's penalty. And as soon as Mara scored that penalty, they they looked like a different team. De Bruyne was making more runs. Foden, Ma, uh, Mara's Bernardo, Gundogan were all getting involved and they looked a little more threatening going forward. But without that, like without that penalty, and of course this is all speculative because they that penalty helped them advance. But without that penalty, like I don't I wouldn't see them scoring a goal. Like they need they 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 need the confidence to win games, and it's really 
it's frightening if you're a City fan sometimes because you're going up against PSG now where nothing is going to come easy if it came easy before. Mark, what do you think? Well, what I saw from City was a problem that I watch a lot when City play opponents and Dortmund had that formula. They get behind and then if a team, like let's say they're in the EPL and they're facing a team like Brighton, a Fulham, a team you know they're going to beat, they put everybody behind the ball and that sort of takes away all those passing triangles, Pep dividing the pitch into 240 degree angles, <laughs> passing it here and there and everywhere. So it takes away from that and that's what they're trained on the, the pitch. I can guarantee that Pep is a bastard on the training ground and he throws it into each and every one of his players to do that very thing. But what the main moment here and the Mares penalty, that I remember because I watched this game. When he played Liverpool last season, Mares missed the penalty that could have maybe changed the complexion of the season. Not saying Liverpool would have lost per se, but definitely changed the complexion as I was an early game. And De Bruyne was holding the ball there. And then Mares took it from him and he said it was always going to be mine. And him putting it away with that much certainty and that much yeah. power behind mm -hmm. it. It meant like, because you can score a penalty and it can sort of be like, a, oh, the keeper almost saved it. Oh, lucky me. He smashed that pen. And he you did. can just see just how much it meant to him, giving it to him. And then I think that they showed that they were the better team and they are the better team. But the questions are going to be coming in the semifinals. Pep hasn't been in a semifinal in Lord knows how long. So it's going to be interesting in the UCL to see if Pep, uh, Pep can uh, uh, win it again. It's been a it's been a minute since he was in this very position, and uh, I think you're right. It not only meant not only did that penalty mean a lot to Mares, it meant a lot to the entire team because, yeah, it did put them through. I guess it is the game winning goal or the sorry the tie winning goal, but you could just tell that as soon as they scored that goal, it was like Pep knew he was going to win, and that's what I was saying before, and that's how I feel going into this matchup against PSG. I feel as if if Man City, if, if PSG score first, Man City's done. Either leg, if, if PSG get the first goal and put City on the back foot, City will not win that tie. They will not win any game. But if City come out and they hit hard and they're dominating possession and Diaz and Stones are dominating the back line and nothing's getting by them and they score first, they will go to the Champions League final. That And th that, those are the two scenarios. And if either one happens, they can't be overturned because that was a very, very close call against Barusa. I look at City and I look at Barusa, and City are a far better team than Barusa Dortmund. Like at every single position, except for striker with Holland and maybe like a winger with Royce, right? Maybe. Yeah, but maybe. like they are better like for like in almost every single every single position. And they let Barusa almost take that game from them. And that was like mem remnants of Leon, <laughs> remnants of Liverpool the year before. So Tot I'm worried Tot about that. Tottenham. Tottenham, Tottenham. Yes, you're right. Tottenham, my bad. In the, in the, uh, with the VAR goal. Yeah. But aside from that, so we have PSG versus Manchester City. Let's do some quick hits here. I'm going to go Frankie. Who's winning this tie? Who's going to the final? Oh, I think I, I already hinted at this earlier. But PSG is 100% winning. I think, like you said, Man City, they had a better team than Dortmund. And if you just watch that game, you wouldn't think that City was that much more talented. And I think if you compare the team that PSG has to the team that Dortmund has, 
come on, you can't play like that. You <laughs> will regret it. And PSG had a lot of chances in their game against Bayern, and they didn't convert. Yeah. But you can't expect that in two games. You can't expect that in back-to-back no. games. They're going to convert. Mbappe, Neymar, one of them is going to score. One of them might score three times. But City needs to get their heads into it because PSG, they, 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 they got past your demons. They got past Bayern. I think it's time for them to finally win. It's true. I, I feel they're they're stronger than ever right now, and they're you know reminder they're also going to get back Varati and Florenzi and a couple more guys, and then it's that's a little more depth and quality. We know about Varati, of course. I'm gonna go. Somehow, I still think City's gonna take this one. I think it's gonna be another close tie. Like it might be a tie on aggregate, and away goals might be a huge factor. But I just I feel like City needed this little win and they got the confidence they need and I think they're going to go in and they're going to win and they're going to go to the final. I think it's their year, man. Mark, what do you think? And yeah, last point I want to bring up on City before I get to my prediction because I'm it's 1-1 right now, so I guess I'm the tiebreaker and decider, is that City have a sided advantage even though Jorginho and Florenzi's come back. If you could ever, Ben, try and maybe, uh, this may be a graphic idea for you, okay. put up Manchester City's bench of that game versus Borussia Dortmund. And that is a starting 11 in itself, man. I know, I know. They're stacked. They got Ake. They got, oh my God, they had Sterling on the bench. They had uh, so many guys on the bench. Had, who, who was, who was uh, Cancelo? Wasn't he on the bench or was Walker? Can, I think Cancelo was on the bench and it was Walker who started, yeah. These are, are quality guys and Pep is really good at rotating. So if PSG stay healthy, because don't, don't forget this ties in a couple weeks so it's going to be some games so if psg can stay healthy i think psg is going to win but if psg gets another sided injury like they did in this tie against door against uh, P- uh Bayern, i'm gonna to have to edge city but my gut's telling me that psg's year is this year so i'm gonna go with psg I have, I have a question for you ben yeah, you, you mentioned this you mentioned this you mentioned this earlier when you were talking about city how yeah. confident do you think city is after that game right uh, now because you, you you said that you said that they think they're going to come into a confident. That that wasn't a game that where they necessarily probably should have won. They kind of needed You're to right. run on a You're penalty right, there. How confident do you think they are? You're right, but you know consider the consider the past. The mm-hmm. quarterfinals have been their curse, their undoing every single year for the past three years, maybe. You know, and and getting over that hump and define the curse, quote unquote, that is confidence. They could have, you know, like changed the scenario. It's 1-0 Barusa until the 93rd minute, and let's say Foden gets the goal, and that, that propels them to the semis. That's a tight situation. Even that tight of a game, they would have had the same amount of confidence they do now because getting over a curse like that, when people are saying it's a curse, and you well know that, okay, it's the same formula. We went into the quarterfinals. We didn't get the result we wanted in the first leg, and now we're in a very tight second leg. Like, that is what's going through their heads. As soon as Bruce has scored that goal, man, you got to understand that they're in their heads, in those in the City players' heads, they were thinking, not again. Please, not again. Like, Frank, three I years in a row. I got the analogy for you. It's like if the Leafs got past the first round. You don't oh, know Jesus. Think you're going to win the cup after this. It's like that. It's like that. So, they're, they're, they're thinking. They're like, not again. And then when Mara scores... And then when Foden scores, you see it even more. Now I think they're going in and they're like, there's no more curse. There's no more 
you know, anything against us. We are good to go and we can win against PSG. And I think they got it. Um, so we got 10 minutes left. Let's get Real Madrid versus Liverpool. It was a draw at Anfield, 3-1 to one in aggregate. Real Madrid back in the semifinals for the first time since 2017-2018. Mark, why don't you start this off? Remember, we got 10 minutes. All right, well, this one is probably the easiest game and most boring game to recap. <laughs> Pretty much nothing happened. <laughs> they couldn't attack. Mane looks finished. Salah looks finished. Firmino looks finished. The whole team, the midfield looks finished. Ronaldo <laughs> looks like he's halfway to Barcelona. Milner, <laughs> the back line kept the clean sheet. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, nothing, nothing much to say here. You know, Madrid had things thrown at them and uh, they threw it back at Liverpool and they just went through it about their business. That's all I got to say. Yeah, true. Um, this is uh, what I will say, because you're right, not a lot happened whatsoever, but it did look like it looked like an experienced win from Los Blancos. And I think, you know, they came in, they acted like champions because let's be honest here. They've dominated the UCL the last decade. So they walked in and there were like little hints of those Madrid teams that won three in a row in four and five years, just really calm, composed. You know, when they're in danger, they were just always just mellow. We'll absorb the pressure and get it out and just tiki taka. See you later. And like dominating, I wouldn't say possession, but when they had the ball and they were passing around intentionally, not looking for any offensive threat, they were dominating. That's that part of the game. Like Liverpool were not even getting one touch in the ball at certain points, but Going into the semis, they look like a well-oiled machine that is just focused on winning. They don't care how they win. They don't care who's on the field. Zidane has got his lineup, and they really look like they could they could go to the finals. And, you know, depending on who makes it on the other side of the bracket there, there, there could be an upset in store. Frankie, what do you got? I mean, that's a classic situation of knowing the situation you're in in that game and – also, one guy that hasn't been brought up yet, which is ridiculous, is Courtois. How how great was he? Sheesh, really really man. Really World-class goalie. World-class goalie right now. He, he was great. But, yeah, that was, that's a classic situation of a team that knows exactly the situation they're in yep. and just having control defensively. And you love to see it. As, a, as, an, as an Italian football fan where, you know, it's all about the defense, that's, exact, that's the exact kind of game you want to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. And one thing I did want to say – is the reason it reminded me of those side of the their side that with Ronaldo that won three in a row, four and five, whatever, um, is because he got it done in the first leg. That was what that team did. They were never on the back foot. They always got it done in the first leg, three one, four two, whatever you want to call it. And then when they go back to the Bernabeu or they go to the second leg, it's like the other team has to press, the other team has to commit guys forward, the other team has to score the goals. And that was exactly what happened here today. And Liverpool, unfortunately, didn't score any goals because that back four without Ramos, without Varane, and with Fede Valverde at right fullback couldn't score anything against them. They held Liverpool to zero. Moving on quickly to Porto versus Chelsea. That one finished 1-0 Porto after a brilliant Puskas. Must has to be Puskas winning bicycle kick by uh, Taremi. 2-1 uh, Chelsea in aggregate. Mark, give me a quick hit on this one. Not a lot again happened in this one, I feel. Yeah, I felt like uh, Tuchel came in and he said, all right, game plan from uh, first game. Let's uh, do it again. And they were fine and they played well in the back again. Uh, Christensen, another good game. All those guys. And I think that they have uh, Werner, of course, didn't score, but at least 
played he, he was on the bench, so it was okay. Havertz is there. So I think Chelsea definitely have a lot of uh pieces there, and it was not the most exciting game, but job done. Yeah, it's a classic Tuchel Chelsea-esque win, I felt. Again, solid defensively. Nothing getting through there. Porto really only had two good chances, and they failed to capitalize. It was the Taremi header, and then the uh, Lucas Corona, whatever his name is, when he turned around, beautiful touch, and just skied it. But, you know, nothing really. Chelsea don't give a lot to their opponents, and it was kind of an easy opponent at that compared to the other ones around. But, you know, Frank, can Chelsea actually win the Champions League? Because they're, they're in the semis. They're in the semis, and they're facing the weaker team out of all the other teams available. They're facing Madrid. So can they actually go to the final, and can they win the whole tournament? I mean, every team in this situation is here for a reason. Of course they can. However. I think if you compare those two games, they're both they're both in similar situations, but I think Real was in more control, and I like what I saw from them more than what I saw from Chelsea, and I'm taking Real over over Chelsea uh, every day of the week. I don't think that Chelsea has hmm. exactly what it takes to go all the way. Now, people might come for me, but that's just what I saw. Yeah, and you, well, the, the, the scary thing if you're a Chelsea fan is like, you know, this, this, this team is technically, it's kind of like a work in progress. It's Tuchel's first year, but if they do lose in the semis, they're not in the top four right now. That top four race is tight. So it's either at this point, Tuchel's got to say, let's go all in on the Champions League. Let's win it so we can secure a top four place because the EPL table this year is insane. Or we just focus domestically. I don't think this team has the legs to really compete with a Real Madrid, to be honest with you guys. Um, well, that's it for our Champions League segment. There's three domestic league games I want to talk about quickly and I want to get each of your predictions for. So the first one, Tottenham versus Everton this weekend. Ancelotti versus Mourinho. Tottenham in desperate need for a win. Like, desperate, desperate need. Mourinho more than the team. He needs that W. Mark, who's going to win that one? Uh, not going to lie. I don't think that Tottenham players really are a big fan of Mourinho at the moment. That's pretty obvious. And Everton's going through some really bad form as well. Seeing as they're both in bad form and both trying to sit back, I don't see many goals if any at all, I would predict even a nil-nil, maybe 1-1 one, one draw, share the spoils, and nobody really gets what they're really searching for. Exactly. I, I had 1-1 one, one as well. Frank? Yeah, this is a game I'm probably not going to watch because I'm feeling it's going to be a boring game. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go Tottenham. I think that uh, if they go in desperation mode, I think that they'll, they'll, they'll pull something out of it. All right. Well, my Italian, my Italian bellows now. Juve versus Atalanta Sunday. Huge game for top four seeding. Mark, who's winning? Juve oh, versus Atalanta. They're all they're uh, Atalanta, always a good team, always nice to watch. Gasparini and every all the boys. But Juventus need this dub. And sometimes when somebody needs a dub, they pull it out, pull it out one way or the other. And Juve have the best player on the pitch out of the both teams, and they're going through a good run of form. So I think Juve gets this one two one. It's two in a row now where you took my exact score. I'm going to go 2 1 Juve again. I feel that you're right, Mark. They're in an excellent run of form. I feel like Ronaldo is in, is getting his form. He's in a good form as well. I feel like Chiesa is going to dominate again. Uh, and it's going to be very hard for Atalanta to score. Historically, in the past 10 years, when Juve are put up against the wall in a tight situation, whether it's competing for the Scudetto or it's competing for a Champions League spot. They're very good in those in those high-pressure situations. And that being said, I think they're going to get this and just extend that lead into third just a little more. Frankie, who do you got? 
Well, uh, Juventus when they play against good teams, they usually actually actually play good. Is look, look at what they did against against Milan. But um, so I, I'm going to Juventus with this because it's not Benevento or some team where they're going to drop points against for some reason. So I'm going to go Juventus. And I'm going to go 3-2. I think it's going to be a little more high scoring because that's the way At- Atlanta plays. True. Okay, we have one minute here. So uh, Inter versus Napoli. Mark, quick hit. Uh, Inter versus Napoli. Conte's man getting lucky lately. Napoli, Gattuso, Milanista, get it done. I, I got 1-0 Napoli. Oh, okay. I got, oh. I got, I got one nil enter. I think Conte's gonna, you know, edge out in a terrible game. They're gonna play very poorly and just boring and just ugly football. What about you, Frank? Two one Napoli, just because I really want Inter to lose. I want Inter to lose too. But you got to be a realist here, uh, gentlemen. Thank you very much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure as always. You guys aren't even guessing anymore. It's kind of like your co-host, but it is what it is. You're part of the family now, the Footy Fix family. That's what we're doing now. Uh, Well, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll see you next week with new episodes being posted every single Friday. So stay tuned because we have a lot to cover in the football world. Cheers. We'll see you then.